You are listening to the Apex Nutrition Podcast on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello, Mountain Bike Radio listeners. This is Ben, and we are back with a new episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. We've been off for a little bit, and it's exciting to be back. If you are new to Mountain Bike Radio, what you can do is listen to this and then go to the Mountain Bike Radio app. Go to the App Store, type in Mountain Bike Radio, download the app, and then type in Apex or Apex Nutrition Podcast into the search bar, and you will be able to get several years of podcasts with Kelly and I, mainly Kelly and me just chiming in and asking questions. All right, before we get to the episode, one quick thing. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ, and if you're a longtime listener, you know that I've pitched him before, and I will be pitching it further in the future. That is because I saved money on my life insurance because initially when they contacted me, I was going through the qualifications. I'm like, huh, I'm active and uh, I should save some money. So I checked it out and it turns out that that's the case. So I want to pass that along to you guys because I know a lot of you, you should be active if you're listening to this. If not, get out there and ride some more. But um, that's the thing is it's good, save some money, and I was able to actually get more life insurance for a little bit less money. So it worked out in the end. So what you need to do to get a free quote, get some information, go to healthiq.com slash MBR to find out if you qualify. Or if you're already Googling this or clicked on the link already and talking to somebody, just mention the promo code MBR and it lets them know that we sent you their way and gets us a little, uh, little bonus uh, in their eyes as far as sending people their way. All right, but that's it. So healthiq.com slash MBR. They are a life insurance company that helps health conscious people like you uh, save, get lower rates on life insurance. It's a good thing. Check it out. And if you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Thank you. This is the Apex Nutrition Podcast Kelly is over on the other side of the microphone, and Ben, that's me, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good. Changing things up a little bit on the intro there. Yeah. Throwing your curveball. <laughs> yeah, I was listening. All right. So we're talking about digestive something or yeah, other, I, right? Can you tell us what, you, tell us what we're going to be talking yeah, about Yeah, so episode. hopefully you heard the brain health for athletes that we covered as you'll hear there, if you didn't already, I want to go through um, kind of system by system of the body and just talk a little bit about health for athletes. A lot of this has to do with kind of aging and, you know, taking care of our bodies and aging well as athletes and taking care of um, different systems. You know, and a lot of things, healthy eating is healthy eating. And usually when we talk about good foods, they're going to be good for every system in your body. And that's kind of what makes them good. So there is some redundancy there, but that's, that's a good thing. You know, it just reinforces eating unprocessed whole real foods more often than not as, as what your whole body will, will be thankful for. So today is digestive health. And I feel like this has been just like what I have done in my career more than anything is just talk, you know, about digestion along with the nutrients. So, so mm -hmm. that's today. Sounds good. So listeners, if you right. have any questions after we do this, uh, you can always send them to Kelly or me. Kelly yeah. is K-E-L-L-I at apexnutritionllc.com. And I'm Ben at mountainbikeradio.com. All right, let's talk. Let's or talk. you talk and I, and I chat. Okay, <laughs> let's I, chat. I budge in. Yeah, I, I budge in wherever I feel yeah, like. I like the budget. It's good. Okay. Um. So basically, digestive health is like the bee's knees, right, of health. Because, 
even your brain, like everything depends on your digestion. Because as soon as you can't get nutrients to the rest of your body, everything would suffer. So we would say, you know, brain health is is maybe the most important because that's what kind of keeps you alive. But then you think of your heart and that keeps you alive. But then it all boils down to digestion. And um, some people know this, some people don't. But when I started my career, I was a clinical dietitian, which means I worked in hospitals. And I worked in a... Um, a pretty fast-paced, fun one. I worked at George Washington University Hospital in downtown DC to start my career. I was like, gosh, like 22 or 23. And, um, you know, so that's I, it where was, you got all your energy from. Oh that's why you was, like, yeah, maybe that, yeah, maybe things are like easier up. after you do that for right. a while. Cause it was insane. We, we operated what should have been like five dietitians. They, you know, it was a contract. And so there were only two and a half of us. And I saw like 28 patients every single day. And these weren't patients that are, you know, just like a little bit sick and are telling me about their complaints about the cafeteria or something. These were like, I had, let's see, two ICUs plus a NICU and then an orthopedic floor. And, um, one of my ICUs was a surgical ICU. So I saw all kinds of stuff. And a lot of people there, didn't have guts that functioned or didn't have guts that functioned fully. And so there was, you know, it was just really interesting. And it's funny how, how much of an impact that has had on how I think of things now, even though I'm not really a clinical dietitian anymore. Um, but whenever you don't have a gut that operates, everything kind of goes down the, down the tubes because your gut has everything to do with your immune function and it has everything to do with kind of everything, your hormones, everything else in your body. And so when we had to feed people through their veins, cause their guts didn't work for whatever reason, like you knew things were just going to go to crap. Like it was really, well, actually not, but, um, you get what I mean? It, like they, it, it just doesn't work well. Your body depends on the system of you eating healthy bacteria proliferating, things getting absorbed, and then going through your bloodstream. And when things go directly into your bloodstream, it doesn't work nearly as well. So I have a lot of respect for the gut. I have one, one interesting story from that time was, um, unfortunately, this is downtown DC. And um, I had a patient who had, a, um, I think it was a gunshot wound to his abdominal area. And they had to take his intestines Basically, out of his, they had to create a big cavity, like a hole, take all his intestines out and put them on top of him. So I got to watch when we fed him oh. through tube feeds. I got to watch the stuff go all through it. And it was oh. like, it wasn't gross. It was like clear. And it was like in this mesh. And um, like the intestines were like clearish. And you could see this white liquid go all throughout it. It was the most amazing thing. And it, yeah, it was just crazy. Anyway, you never mm. want to have to hear someone who works in a hospital because they've got the craziest yeah. stories. Yeah, no <laughs> and my, I mean, I was just a dietitian. I wasn't like, you know, nurses have right, way crazier right, right. stories and yeah. Anyway, lots of respect for the gut. And hopefully I'm imparting some respect to you because people take this for granted. And I, you know, in, I have theories about this. And one theory I have is that our guts are maybe what we've done through pesticides and specifically processed foods and even sedentary lifestyles. And we'll talk about this in a minute have changed our gut flora enough. And gut flora is just another word for the healthy bacteria or the probiotics in your gut enough. And that's why we see a lot of allergies and intolerances these days. And I think that those allergies and intolerances are real, but I think there's something different about how healthy our guts are now or the lack thereof of health that has caused a lot of our problems. And I think it's going to be traced back to lifestyle and the foods we eat now. 
That's my, mm-hmm. and, and maybe, you know, the use of antibiotics, of course, for us and in the foods we eat and maybe the overuse of some medications. So yeah, I was just, that is, is a theory of mine. I was just screaming at the TV uh, that cause Amy has it on. She just, can't, she works upstairs. So she just has it on in the background cause she was just listening, just mm-hmm. bored, you know, whatever working and listening. Yeah. Noise. And I was, there was some commercial for some non GMO something or other. And I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, in one commercial, we have all these different medications and all this stuff. And we're at the, we have to be at the, the most medicated human race has ever been in the history of the world. We have to be at that point. If not, we're close. The old record was like five years ago. Right. And yeah, so we have that on one hand, the other hand, these same people, they have to be some of the same people are like, I don't want my GMO, you name it, food. Does it really matter if you're uh-huh. on, if you're popping Xanax to get through your day? Does it really matter if you have a little bit of GMO bread? Like, is it really going to make a difference? Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. You know, right? right. It's um, you know, it reminds me of kind of the opioid um, crisis, and you know how there's these lawsuits now, and you know, I think to be honest, some of them are legit. Where some of these drug companies told doctors straight up, these are not addictive. You know, these are they're fine. Um, and then of course comes come to find out they're the crazy addictive same thing with a lot of medications where people will just you know i think there's been enough backlash by consumers where they question everything that has to do with the medical community and i think it's sometimes you know and i'm one of those people who questions everything like really do we need antibiotics i'll use antibiotics you know for me or my kids when it's absolutely necessary because i think they are good for things but obviously not very often um or not when it's not absolutely necessary but i think there's enough backlash that way too where sometimes there's kind of a defensive like no this the, you know just take ibuprofen there's nothing wrong with you know it'll help you it's nothing wrong with it you know just stop questioning everything um and i'm just saying ibuprofen cuz that came to my mind but in general like you know, a lot of medications have side effects and a lot of them have to do with your gut. When you look at pain medication, you think of constipation and problems there. Well, constipation doesn't just happen. There's a lot of things going on, you know, or diarrhea or whatever you want to talk about. That doesn't just, that's just the symptom of whatever is happening with that medication to cause that. And a lot of times our gut flora, we think of antibiotics and how that just wipes us out. Um, But there's a lot of medications that affect our guts. And, um, and that's just one thing, like I said, medications, we'll talk about sedentary lifestyles a bit and then our diets. So, so buckle up. Cause, uh, yeah, this is a big one to me <laughs> <laughs> and it not as scary as the brain one was to me. So the first thing, first and foremost is just to kind of have that respect that it is so important and a lot of things affect it. So, you know, start thinking about that. The second thing is Let's start taking care of our guts. So here's here's a few things that I recommend. Even if you don't experience any digestive issues, and sometimes when people don't, then they kind of take it for granted that they should do anything to kind of help the health of that system. But I think, man, proactive. The more you can do to keep your gut healthy, the better. And we don't always know when we have things that are a problem for us. You know, sometimes you just think, oh, I'm allergic to this or I'm intolerant of that or or whatever. But sometimes there's things we can do about it if it has anything to do with our guts. So a few things. The first one is going to be probiotics. So either through supplement or through foods, my preference is kind of both. Um, But if you're able to get a daily fermented food or even better, like two servings of different foods that are fermented, 
That's even better. If you can do that, you don't need a supplement. So I'm talking about yogurt, kefir, kombucha. I think yogurt and kefir are good ones to always have because those have um, lactobacillus in them. And they that's like one of the most important strains of bacteria for human health. But then beyond those, the more the merrier for different fermented foods um, that you could have, sour, like real sauerkraut with probiotics in it, that sort of thing. So if you can get those in a couple times a day, that's awesome. Um, as everyone knows, Ben and Ben and I make our own homemade oh, yeah, yogurt. Going right now. Of I have some going right now. Yeah. I have about two yeah. hours left. I'm going to have some when we're done. <laughs> awesome. I mean, this has been one thing that clients will say has made a difference in their digestive health. I, and it's just good and yummy. And it's, um, it's awesome to have something that, you know, has probiotics in it, um, a lot to a concentrated amount. And we can definitely link to that video or my recipe about that. And now that we're both instant pot fans, Mm -hmm. like that makes it even so much easier if you've got some sort of, um, you know, machine that helps you with it. And the great thing about the instant pot versus old yogurt makers is that it can make a lot at once. Yep. Yeah. And the reason, um, if you haven't, I, I sometimes take it for granted that people have heard me talk about yogurt so much. Um, but the reason that I recommend making it, if you are that brave and want to try it, is that a lot of most commercial yogurts are um, fermented for like two to four hours. And then a lot of them have a bunch of additives and junk in them. So first of all, you're not getting quite all the healthy bacteria that is there to get. Second of all, who knows what how it's been transported if those healthy bacteria have lived and made it kind of through the whole food chain from, you know, where it was made and processed to the store. And then you have to wonder about what other things you're getting in there. Now, of course, you can get great yogurt. You can get, you know, I would recommend Greek plain yogurt, organic if possible, if you're going to buy it. But if you want to try to make it, you can ferment it with our method for 24 hours. And that's about the amount where all the lactose is used and fermented up. So you end up with basically a lactose-free yogurt that has got more um, healthy bacteria than you would ever get in a commercial variety. So that is one. So that's one way that we put back those um, healthy bacteria back in our guts. And it's a kind of a constant process. Even if you're not using antibiotics, those bacteria get flushed away from different things. Um, So the more you can just kind of always make a lifestyle out of putting those back in the better. If you're not going to get yogurt or another fermented food in every day, then I do recommend a good probiotic. Um, I have a few favorites. I like the um, Garden of Life one. I like the Vitacost 1535 one that you can find. And I like the Now one, um, Now brand. So all of those are good. And if you're someone who has digestive problems or gets sick kind of a lot in the winter more than you think you should, so maybe more than like two colds in a winter, then it may be that you are an athlete that needs a, a supplemental probiotic in addition. We'll get to that in a moment. I'm going to cut in here to remind you that Health IQ is sponsoring this episode and that they are an insurance company that helps health conscious people like you or runners, weightlifters, vegetarians, yogis, whatever it is that keeps you active you can save money on your life insurance. So what you need to do is go to healthiq.com slash MBR or mention the promo code if you're on the phone with them already, MBR. And uh, you can get a free quote, find out information, and get yourself on your way to saving some money on life insurance. That's it. Let's get back to the show. And thanks for listening. 
So then the next thing is you need to give those healthy bacteria something to eat. They live and thrive on what's called prebiotics. And these are a type of fiber that's fermentable fiber. So a few places that you can get them are one, fruits and vegetables. Try to get in some fresh fruits and vegetables every day. Um, one way to do this is to add a vegetable every day at lunch, have at least one vegetable with snacks, and then load up on vegetables at dinner, and then maybe a fruit sometime during your day as well. Fruits and vegetables are often kind of said like synonyms. Vegetables are definitely, you know, I would say they have a little bit even better nutrition for you. And um, if you're someone who is trying to reach a weight, like a weight goal, then they're a better choice, but fruits are, are great for you too. So both of those throughout the day are great. The other places you can get great fiber that can be prebiotics are things like um, oats, hemp seeds, chia seeds, ground flax, beans, and legumes are great prebiotic fiber. So you want kind of this, you know, plant-based diet. And when I say plant-based, I don't mean that it has to be vegetarian necessarily or by any means, but it means that the majority Mm -hmm. of the foods that you're putting in front of you every day, there's lots of plants in front of you. That is a great way to keep your gut healthy is prebiotics and probiotics every day. Any questions there, Ben? Make it sound, no, you make it sound so simple. (laughs) You know, um, (laughs) I don't, I guess some of it for me is, you know, I'm kind of a creature of habit with what I eat. It doesn't mean I eat the same things like all throughout the day, but most days I have just one or two different types of breakfasts, one or two different types of lunches. And then the other things are single ingredient, um, healthy things. We're doing that, um, I'm in the second boot camp that I've ever run, the online six-week boot camp that I'm doing over on my site. Ben's in it this time. Um, and so one of the things I talked about in the first week was single ingredient foods and to start mm-hmm. to try to make more and more of the foods we eat single ingredient. So meaning, you know, fruits and vegetables and sweet potatoes versus bread. When you look at those two things, one is a single ingredient, one is not. And bread's not the worst thing. I'm not saying that, but the you know, I think I gave the goal for one day of four or less multi-ingredient foods in your day to see if you could do it. It's hard. It's hard. But the more you do that, these things just happen because (laughs) they're the only, you know, that's what you're eating. And they also happen to be the things you should be Mm -hmm. eating. So single ingredient, if you can keep that in your mind, you don't have to do the four or less a day of multi-ingredient, but keep that in your mind. Every meal, there should be single ingredients. Maybe you're, or maybe start with snacks, only single ingredient snacks. So then you've got things like um, hard boiled egg and a fruit or, you know, yogurt, which that's going to be a few more, but God, it's close. <laughs> Milk in, in cultures um, with mm-hmm. some berries on top. You know, those are both single ingredients that you're doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's the next thing. If you do have digestive issues in, you know, a lot of athletes I work with do. And I don't know if it's because kind of my market or, or whatever you want to call it is people who need or want more help than other people. And so they come to me because they are these athletes who also have digestive issues. So they need help meal planning, or if there's just a higher occurrence among athletes, I don't know. Or if it's just like we talked about these days, there is a higher occurrence. And I definitely do believe that, you know, even in my own career, which hasn't been that long, you know, six years ago, there wasn't nearly the intolerances there are today. And, um, Right. Yeah. My, my oldest, all my kids, I've talked about this before and I feel like such a geek when I talk about this, like I was looking for the intolerances, but every single four out of four of my kids had 
gut issues and problems as infants, like all the way until they were 18 months. And to be honest, I was completely blindsided by it. Even as a dietitian, I didn't even, I thought other things were the problem forever with my first one, poor kid, because I didn't personally have any um, intolerances of foods. And back then that was 10 years ago. Like it was almost unheard of. And there was <laughs> the internet isn't wasn't what it is now. And, you know, it was so hard to figure it out. It took me almost six months to really lock down what the issue was. Um, and for him, it was gluten and dairy. And it was it was crazy. And it was even while I was breastfeeding, it was me eating it. Um, but all that to say oh, really? there back then you couldn't get any of the foods that you can get now that, you know, market to these intolerances. It's just a different ballgame and it's more and more and more and more all the time. Um, and I think it'll keep going like that with, like we said, medications, lifestyle, foods, um, all the antibacterial stuff, everything. Okay. So if you do, here's my two-step process for trying to get things better. One is that you want to, of course, figure out what the offending foods might be. Usually if you've got digestive issues, there's probably foods that if you stopped and tried to take it one variable at a time, you could probably figure out maybe one or two things that are our problem. And then the second thing is once we figured that out, we want to fortify the gut. So the first thing when I'm working with someone I do is we take away um, dairy is the first one. Because about, I think it's estimated that about 50% of Caucasians digest dairy well, and the other 50 don't. So that's a good place to start for Caucasian. And, and it's not quite as high for other ethnicities, but it's high compared to other foods. So that's a good place to start. Um, if you find that that's one of the problems, you can, if you've still got other problems, you can keep going. Or um, if it's not an issue, and you know, it's funny because some people think that dairy is just an issue for like all humans. So during those times with my kiddos that I was breastfeeding, I went off of dairy the entire like year for each of them. And it, it like there was no difference in how I felt on it or off of it. So I know for me that that's not an issue. I mean, I disagree with people mm -hmm. who think that all cow's milk is a problem. Um, so that's the first place I start. The second place is gluten. Gluten is interesting because not only is it an issue for a lot of, not a lot, but for some people to tolerate when it is an issue for them, it actually affects the gut cells themselves. So it can cause other things to be in, um, intolerances as well. So maybe gluten is the issue, but now you've got, you can't digest other foods very well because gluten can actually hurt the gut cells if it's an issue for those people. It causes an inflammation of, of the gut cells as well. So that's the next place. Mm. Um, you know, after those, th there's specific things um, that can be an issue along the lines, eggs or, or whatever, but I usually start with those two. Those are the most common. For other people who... Um, you usually need to do this for about like two weeks at a time, each one. For some people, very healthy, high fiber foods can be an issue. And this is a bummer for me because whenever this has been the, the case, then it's um, then I have to take away a lot of the things I want to them to eat because they're good for them otherwise. But um, some of the things that are included in this are sulfur-containing foods. So things like raw broccoli, cauliflower, also beans, raw nuts, and seeds. So if you can't figure it out, I would say go ahead and look at those. Um, the MAPS diet is one thing you'd want to look up and see if some of those foods are just too harsh for you. So the first thing is to try to figure out what the offender is. And the second thing is fortif fortifying the gut. Now, everyone can do this. So um, even if you don't have a lot of issues, these are something to look at. So, And they go along the lines with what we've already talked about. One, 
if you have issues, I'm going to say probiotic and probiotic foods, fermented foods every day. So first, a high-quality probiotic. Again, I said the Vitacost 1535 is a good one. Um, the Garden of Life one is a good one. And now Probiotics Cultural also makes good ones. So any of those that you find, and they are uh, on the higher end expensive-wise compared to just really cheap probiotics, but these tend to have a lot of good strains in them and they do a good job. Um, and then number two is eat fermented foods daily if you can in addition. Number three, and this is specific to athletes, is L-glutamine. We've talked about L-glutamine a lot. A lot of times we talk about it um, when we're in the context of muscle recovery because it's a really important amino acid for skeletal muscles. But a super interesting thing about it is that it's also vital to the digestive tract and also vital to the immune system. So with athletes, it becomes, it goes from being considered non-essential in the diet to essential, meaning that you have to get it in your diet. You can't just get it through breaking down um, of proteins already contained in the body. So I recommend that all athletes just go ahead and supplement this. It's so good for the muscles. And I think in athletes, it's kind of gets spread too thin for use in the muscles, the digestive tract and the immune system. So I use, um, five grams L-glutamine per day after hard workouts. If you have digestive issues, I would say across the board, five grams L-glutamine per day, whether you work out or not. And my favorite brand of this is a now powder. Then the last one, and this one I've, I've done a lot more research on now that I've had gone through my knee surgery is collagen. Collagen is really interesting because it is, um, it's just got this amino acid profile that we don't really get in modern diets anymore. It's um, made from hooves and skin and bones of animals. <laughs> Sorry, anyone who that's um, uh -huh. offensive to, but it has this amino acid profile that is great for the gut, actually. And when people have things, I don't know if you've ever heard of leaky gut syndrome, but that's basically where the gut allows yep. too large of proteins to go through its um like through into absorption into the bloodstream. And these cause problems because your body sees it as like a foreign invader. Whereas if it was broken down more before it got through, it wouldn't be a problem. So um, collagen can help with that syndrome because it, it's kind of like the material that your gut can use to heal itself. So that's a good one too. And I like what Great Lakes collagen is the one I like, but there's other good ones out there. Whew, okay. I'm like losing my voice. No, that's good. <laughs> Excited about the no, gut. Good. All right. So further is we talked a little bit about modern lifestyle. So let me tell you a little bit about what I know about it anyway. Overuse of medications is probably the first place to start over the counter and prescription. So, you know, sometimes they're necessary. I get that. One thing we've talked extensively on this podcast about is um, using turmeric and ginger as um, muscle and joint pain um, medicine, if you, if you want to use your food as medicine instead of ibuprofen, there is more and more evidence kind of mounting. And it's not like to the point where people are really going to be like, no more ibuprofen, you know, the doctors, that sort of thing. Cause I think a lot of people do use it and I don't know if it'll ever get to that amount, but there is some evidence that this, that ibuprofen can mess with your gut flora. So if you already have issues with digestion, um, and you're using ibuprofen a lot for pain, I would suggest trying turmeric and ginger. Um, and if you have pain, the amount I recommend is 500 milligrams of each twice a day. So a thousand each total. Um, there's no real downside to it other than that they're slight blood thinners. So if you have surgery or something like that, you'd want your surgeon to know. Um, but both of them are great for the gut and gut flora. Whereas ibuprofen has, you know, evidence mounting a little bit that that it's 
could be causing problems for it. Um, Painkillers that are prescription, they definitely mess with your gut. So, you know, there's another reason to do your best to get off of those whenever you do have to use them. Um, Antibiotics, obviously, are going to be an issue. But just, you know, again, looking at the side effects of any type of medication, I would look for digestive um, things that point to that it might cause problems with digestion. Just a whole host of things happen after that. So um, next, there is evidence that processed foods, fast foods, and food preservatives are messing with our guts and our gut flora. So, you know, I think a lot of us know this. Like when you eat fast food, it's funny. When we go on a road trip or like a, a short road trip for us is going out to Moab and there's an Arby's on the way. And, you know, we live somewhere where there's no fast food at all in the actual town I live in. And my this is, you know, just such the worst, such the worst of all the fast food. I always laugh at Arby's because it's not like, you know, all the other food chains like try to act like they've got healthy things as well as not healthy things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Arby's is like, nope, we just got a bunch of roast beef over here and curly like triple fried fries and things like that. Anyway, every once in a while, I, I, I shouldn't even admit this on a podcast. I will succumb. To, to going ahead and having some art. You know, I'm going on this big biking trip. It's all right. Oh, every time, like you regret it. I don't know if everyone can agree with me out there or not, but you regret it. It does stuff to your gut. And in, I don't know about other people. It messes with me. And so I think we know this. I think we know that really junky food kind of causes some problems, but it's not just that one time. Cumulatively, if this is kind of the lifestyle that you have as far as food goes with lots of preservatives, lots of multi-ingredient things that you don't know what they are, um, exercise increases gut flora. So that's great. And I just talked about L-glutamine. And when I'm talking about that, I'm meaning people who, if you are, you know, really training and exercising hard to where L-glutamine is really being used up by your skeletal muscles, then that can cause more problems with gut flora. But in general, light, like an uh, active lifestyle is good for gut flora and sedentary lifestyle, like during the day, even while you're at work can change gut flora in a negative way. It's just so interesting. I have no, I, you know, it's like, wow, how in the world does that change gut flora? But it does. Just sitting there all day, it changed things. Yeah, Yeah, it does. It's amazing. And, you know, they talk about metabolism. There's so many things about sitting. I think I just read a headline the other day and it wasn't even, didn't strike me as clickbait at all, but it was like, you know, um, sitting all day is the new smoking. You know, the, the evidence is kind of mounting that sitting all day is really wreaking havoc at a cellular level. Even if you get up and exercise, you know, at the end of the day, you do your one hour run or your two hour bike ride, like sitting for hours on end still messes with your cells including your gut mm-hmm. flora. So, um, you know, one thing that I recommend in my metabolism literature is um, to get up once a, once an um, hour. To, even if you have to set a timer and you have to stand up, if you can do a standing desk or something like that, that's great. If you can't, at least kind of break it up once an hour. Stand up, you know, stand for a while at your desk or kind of move around a little bit. Go talk to someone, get some water, whatever it takes. Um, but don't have a sedentary lifestyle throughout your workday. Easy enough. Kind of sometimes right. if you try. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. And, you know, I find myself doing it sometimes too. I can't as much because I have, um, I still have a four year old at home with me. And so I'm kind of working in between, you know, being with her and stuff. So she gets me up a lot mm-hmm. out of my chair, which is good. Um, but yeah, it can, hours can go by if you mm-hmm. are just trying to get work done. Right. Um, yeah. So even, even smaller things like, um, using an exercise ball changes it 
Because if you have to kind of, if you're like bouncing around a bit and you're using core muscles and things like that, that's different than just sitting there. But sitting there kind of slumping and just um, going for hours without movement is, is not good for your gut. And it's not really good for any part of your body. So that is what I've got. Obviously not all about nutrition, but hopefully that helps um, someone out there think of their guts a little bit different and um, choose to take care of them every day. And if you've got digestive issues, hopefully a few things that can help you. Um, And then just thinking about exercise and um, which hopefully everyone out there is doing. So that's a good, easy thing. Um, Not being sedentary all day, watching out for um, fast foods and processed foods and medications. Awesome. That's it. And like I said before, if you have any questions, comments, whatever it is, you can send them to me at ben at mountainbikeradio.com. Or if you want to send it right to Kelly, maybe you have some questions. If you go over to her site, apexnutritionllc.com, and you have some further questions about maybe something she can help you with or whatever it is, you can send her an email. It's Kelly. It's K-E-L-L-I at Apex Nutrition LLC. So thank you, listeners. And that will do it for another episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast. So thanks for listening and a huge thanks to Health IQ for sponsoring this episode. Go to healthiq.com slash MBR if I haven't beaten you over the head with that link already. But seriously, I save money and I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't think it was a good thing for you to at least check out. All right, deal. (laughs) So click on the link, go to the show notes there, or just type in healthiq.com slash MBR as you're doing your stuff and uh, you can save some money up to 33%. In fact, 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33%. So you have a good deal. As long as you're active, and uh, that should be you. That's it. So thanks to them, and thanks to you for listening, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Thanks.